0: The Recruit is a new spy comedy action drama on Netflix starring Noah Centineo as Owen Hendricks, a young attorney at the CIA who quickly gets in over his head. It bears no association with the 2003 spy thriller movie that happens to have the same name. On this podcast, we like to review the latest installment of a different series every show. The pilot of The Recruit is an acronym, I-N-A-S-I-A-L. It is an hour long. We're here to discuss it and briefly talk about some of the people behind the scenes. It's December 18th, and you're listening to today's episode. Jack Ryan, Jack Reacher, James Reese. Do you know who James Reese is? Uh, Chris Pratt's character. Oh, okay. Chris Pratt's character in the terminal list. Yeah. Owen Hendricks in the recruit. Out of those four, who would you choose to entrust your safety of your life to?
1: Hmm. It's between Jack Ryan and Jack Reacher. I never have seen any of the iterations of Jack Ryan. So
0: basically, not James Reese and
1: Owen Hendricks. But yeah. why not James Reese and Owen Hendricks? James Reese seems borderline schizophrenic in the Terminalist. In the Terminalist, yeah. Okay. I mean, he's seeing people that aren't really there and also Oh, he's of haunted. Stuff. That's right. Yeah. And
0: Owen Hendricks. What's and wrong Owen, with
1: him? Owen Hendricks comes across as a dope in this show. I mean, at least in in different No Centennial parts. is a dope in yes. this show. Yes. Yes. Like he shouldn't be hired by the CIA. They made a mistake in hiring him. I would say that they made a mistake in hiring him the first thing we see is that they are like we're in russia Mm -hmm. there's a ton of like i think army soldiers that are like surrounding this compound then we have max who we are introduced way later on in the episode to Uh, we get quick shot of her in a car but I try to give this show as much because I saw Noah Centineo at the beginning. Like, I saw him in the poster for this show. Do you have any um, biases towards yes. seeing his name? Yes, especially when just you... Just
0: because you know he's he's <laughs> always mean, played the rom com guy yes, for like. To all the Boys stuff. I've
1: Loved, Swipe, The Perfect Date, all of those different uh, movies that I he mean, was he's in. trying to make the change into. He was in The Black Adam yeah, movie. Yeah, I know. But like, it's just, I can't see him as anything else but just that romantic comedy. Maybe person.
0: not yet. Not
1: yet. By the end of the show, could you see yourself maybe changing your opinion? Not really. The first thing we see of him, how we're introduced to him, is he's peeing in the snow and singing Taylor Swift. And then once he's done, he looks over and is like, oh, no, Russian convoys are coming this way and tries to get on the radio. And it seems like the soldiers that are there aren't even taking him seriously. Like, they're just, like, kind of shrugging him off. And that's when the intro plays for this thing.
0: So more comedy, less action drama. Because I heard that the comedy was actually
1: uh, pulled back a little bit. Like, it was more of a sad. Uh, I mean, like, the first 20 minutes or so, 20, 30 minutes, I'd say that the comedy is, like, straight up there. It's supposed to be something that makes you laugh. I like slapstick stuff or... Just more like... Uh, one-off jokes? Yeah, one-off jokes. A lot of, like, smugness that comes from the main character, Owen.
0: Got it. And so, with Jack Ryan Season 3 coming out in the next few days on Amazon, Slow Horses Season 2 being released on Apple at the early, earlier this month, mm-hmm. do you think that Netflix made a good move launching yet another spy adventure.
1: I mean, I think that this show could have been fine had it just maybe been recast, honestly.
0: Really? Because I feel like it's trying to just appeal to a different audience than those other things. Remember, Noah Centineo is from Netflix. Like, he started on The Fosters, but, like, he's mostly been in those Netflix films that you listed. And they know that he's successful. Like, those clearly get a lot of views. Do they? I didn't actually know that. Why else do you think they keep making them? So the idea of starring him, and also this had a prime spot, and they brought in a really strong director who created uh, The Rookie, created The Rookie Feds, um, the showrunner of Castle. He has his own uh, production company. You had the actual director of The Born Identity doing this pilot. Of what? Go, of Jumper, of Edge of Tomorrow, American made. He did all of those. He also made a TV, MTV show called I Just Want My Pants Back, which.
1: <laughs> That's just like, honey, where are my pants from the
0: Lego movie? Is that a TV show in the Lego movie? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. Like, that was a while ago. <laughs> Anyways, so they put a lot into this show. But you're saying that you just think it was a bad move.
1: Well, I wouldn't say it's a bad move. The ending of the episode did kind of get me excited. It turns into more of kind of an action show as time goes by. And it did actually remind me a little bit of ER in the same way that like in ER, whenever you're watching one of the nurses, they always bring up things that like nurses uh, lingo and kind of dialogue that you catch up on. And here Medical get, terms? Yeah, medical terms. Here they kind of came up with like terms that I feel like the CIA uses a lot. They're bringing up extortion, gray mailing. So it actually did feel like I was kind of learning something actually when I was watching this. What would you learn about grey mailing? The graymailing. It's where people decide to write and, uh, and threaten the CIA to expose like classified material. And it's almost like blackmail,
0: but that was actually the working title for it was mail until they switched it
1: to the Yeah, because no,
0: that's where the main premise of the show comes into play. The other show that I thought you might compare it to was Condor, because that was the Max Iron yeah, show on Epics. It was about a low-level CIA analyst, similar to this, where he's a CIA lawyer who's just been hired.
1: Yeah, fresh out of law school.
0: Yeah, but unlike this guy, who's more a Generation Z guy, uh, Condor had more of a millennial type. Like, he was still young, but not as young. And he comes back to his office, and there's, like, a lot of people who are dead, and then he has to uncover the truth about how his whole team died, right? I just do not remember Condor. And in this well by the time you watched i think it was the second season episode so you didn't actually get that breakdown of what happened but in this show it sets up as he shows up to the cia i assume his first day yeah
1: general counsel's office for the cia and it's it's two weeks earlier after the intro plays where they're in russia this takes place two weeks so within two
0: weeks of joining the cia as a lawyer Mm -hmm. Um, who shouldn't be, I guess, going out in the field and doing crazy stuff. He gets roped in to something really, really big. How does that occur and do they do it at all effectively?
1: I mean, I thought that parts of the show were effective. However, I didn't like his introduction because we see Nyland. Nyland is uh, Owen's boss. Mm-hmm. He's someone that, again, works for the CIA, and he's basically like, this this senator, Senator Smoot, he's going to read classified documents at a hearing. I need you to go over there and basically tell him not to do that and, like, threaten him. I Like, don't be afraid about this at all.
0: See, <laughs> that is, again, where the comedy seems like they're taking characters who would normally be portrayed as very serious in Homeland, like there's no business of them kind of <laughs> sounding like a doofus and making them sound like yeah. A doofus. Well, I,
1: would, I mean also just the situation a senator deciding to just read classified material out of nowhere it doesn't make any sense and then uh, Owen goes over to Senator Smoot's office and he goes look if you release this classified information you are going to be in violation of the U.S. codes and he doesn't play the same character that he plays in all of the other romance films so he plays the same know-it-all type where he kind of like is very smug he comes out and he basically is like and people aren't going to want to elect you if you are someone who ends up going to jail Mm and all that type of stuff
0: so there's a confidence there that put you off because you were like he's too young to be portraying himself this way like standing up towards a senator (laughs) and that's effective i assume
1: no no does the senator back down oh well yeah in the in the show yes owen went back to his office then we are introduced to lester and violet and lester and violet you realize later on the episode are actual psychopaths like, do you know, possibly, do you know, did you like doing any research into Did you recognize CIA? Lester, though? No, I didn't. Lester
0: was the guy from Laser Team, Superstore, Key and Peele, oh, College Laser Humor. Team. Yeah, okay. Okay, <laughs> yeah. No, uh, and then you said Violet, right? Yeah, Artie Violet. Mann. She's from, she was Raj's sister in the Big Bang Theory
1: oh okay
0: you <laughs> didn't know that I forgot what her name was it was something Kuthropali or is that? whatever yeah go ahead
1: yeah, so they basically come down with five boxes it's full of gray mail and they say look go through all these if there is uh, if it actually seems like they do have classified information 99% of these won't but if it seems like they do we're going to be lawyers for them
0: why are they burying him with work just because he's, he's the, the new guy okay. Okay. he's the new guy So that's there, it, is, it is a form of bullying yeah
1: it is hazy and that's why I was wondering I was like in the CIA is that actually happen. I'm sure it does. Yeah. yeah. So he's going through all these different letters and he comes across Max Miladze. That's a woman in prison, uh, she's in Phoenix and she's saying that she has classified information on Selby Shaw and PW Butcher that she will and more that she will spill the secrets on. And uh, then we get a quick montage scene. This is where the show had a little bit of a turnaround for me because I was like, okay, this is actually somewhat yeah, interesting. Got yeah, you have Owen, he's going to someone named Janice. Janice is a lawyer that has been there for three straight days. Days. he can't leave because apparently the CIA is going to be greenlighting a covert op that he is not want to happen. And if he leaves, Jan- go- Janice is a guy, right? Yeah, Janice. Yeah, Christian
0: yeah. Um, He is from Ready or Not or Orphan Black. But he was he was in Ready or Not. He played the husband that was kind of like sort of in on it. And then oh yeah, he was wishy washy. That's
1: where I've seen him before. Yes, I that's where wondering. you've seen him
0: before. But yes, so he Janus, was he
1: was a funny character because again you could just he usually does play comedy. He relief. was supposed to be the burnt out kind of like stressed out guy because he's just trying to see the CIA to not go through with this mission. Uh-huh. But uh, that's where he did actually play a little bit of like the exposition dumb character though, like the one who's just kind of there to give uh, the main what did, character what information. Learn? What did we learn from him? We learned that Max should not have the information that she does. She shouldn't even know what PW Butcher is or Selby Shaw or anything like that. She somehow has information that we don't know how she got, but she seems like the real deal. Okay. And, that's,
0: and so that's someone that So Owen, they determine that she is actually a threat that they have to uh, actually, it, that they have to intervene on.
1: because yeah, uh, And he, where is she located? In Phoenix, in you In Phoenix, said? yeah. <laughs> so they have to go to Arizona... Yeah, well, first he actually is going to go to Yemen because he goes down to the wait, tech. Wait, that's yes, a, that's no, a detour. No, no, there is a difference. So what happens is he goes down to the tech department after speaking to Janice because he's trying to get more information on P.W. Butcher, what it is. Yeah, and uh, and they realize that Selby Shaw, the person that she mentioned in her letter, was actually someone named Don Gilbane. It was a pseudonym, or it was yes, uh, you know a it was fake, a fake name. name. And they realized Don Gilbane is in Yemen. She's actually on a covert ops herself. So he decides he goes to. So So instead of sending
0: a different agent to go get her, the lawyer of the agents are going to personally
1: go to a different country. Yeah, and he even goes up to Lester and Violet and is like, should I, are they going to pay for this? Like, is anything going to happen? They're like, no, just book a coach seat to Yemen and you should go over there. And then he's like, oh, whatever. So he ends up flying over to Yemen. And this was where the show then kind of lost me again, because this seemed like the dumbest thing. And like, stay with me, because there's a lot of stuff that happens in this next five minutes that were just so crazy I couldn't get over right so he drives to the site in Yemen he gets out of his car is it like a big desert yeah it's like there's like kind of this big castle as well there's a couple soldiers everywhere and he just walks up and he's like hey yo how's it how's it going and then he gets taken as a hostage. They bring him inside. He does meet Don Galbain, but Don Galbain, she like reaches into his jacket pocket. Apparently he has the wrong CIA form. They were supposed to give him a black cover, but he still had a blue cover. So he comes into this thing completely blind, not really sure what he's able to do, very underqualified, only going off of basically with Violet, and Lester said because mm-hmm. of the fact that he's really the only people he talked to about it uh, maybe aside from Nyland for a couple seconds and then they decide to torture him they do the thing where they get the, the little um, because he
0: has the wrong forms and so they think he's fake right they think that he's part of some criminal organization that's faking to
1: be the CIA they pull out his pinky nail because of that Oh, his pinky nail and he starts like screaming about how much it hurts and then this is where they get decide to give him a backstory he starts screaming about how his dad was in Afghanistan and how he ended up dying there. And he wants to make his dad kind of proud mm-hmm. in the afterlife. So he's, like, talking about how he decided to take this job because he's really brave, and that somehow is able to convince, like, Don to let him go and just kind of give him information on Max. So Owen's there bawling his eyes out, and his torturer decides to take
0: pity on him and just give him all the information Without he wants the right documentation. And then send
1: him back home? Without the right documentation or anything, yes. They decide to untie him, and Don gives him just the Just a little Band-Aid on that finger? <laughs> yes, that's the way he comes back with he comes back with like his pinky wrapped around cool and then instead of going i if that what's the me, point of this information though like once he has
0: the information then he he goes to the person who's graying then he goes mad? to phoenix but I, yes. I wanted
1: to just end off the segment by saying he goes to lester and violet he very well could have died on this mission after doing all that i mean they were torturing him even after they saw that he was part of the cia sure And instead of being like you guys are absolutely crazy that's why i called them maniacs before because they were basically mad at him because they had to take over the a gray mailing job sure. while he was going to Yemen. Instead of getting mad at them and being like, "You guys could have killed me," he's just like, "Guys, I understand that I'm the new guy and hazing is going to happen, but something like this happens again and it's going to be a problem."
0: But if you're joining the the CIA, the stakes are higher. So that's what he goes in knowing, you know? I understand that, but the characters. It's, he volunteered for a job like this. But so the it's the not like. The characters
1: themselves were almost sending him on a suicide mission. Sure. Even when he's meeting with Phoenix, even when he goes to Phoenix later on and he meets with Max for the first time, Max is like, I'm surprised that you were able to get out of Yemen alive. And I was like, I am too. And we also see, you would think that they would make Owen, especially when he was talking to Sanders Smoot and being such a know it all, you think that they would make him smart, but he's actually not really smart when he's speaking to Max well, in this i feel like there's so many uh, so many shows and movies that make the character uh, off you know and here they're trying to like sort of make it more credible but they are speaking to max max is a mastermind and i get it but they try to make it like a chess scene however owen lets out the fact that he barely has any information on max that he gives her her his real name so she's able to do research on it even though she's in jail and she also is wait the- so they go to phoenix and they arrest her no, she's already in prison. Oh, so prison. she just
0: wrote from prison. Yes, yeah, she wrote from that prison. That makes a lot more that sense. Like- I was yes. like, why wouldn't they not approach the person who was randomly gray mailing them first before he went to Yemen? But she was already kind of locked and loaded. So yes. or, like locked in. Yeah,
1: got it. Yes. Got it. Good. So good. when Owen is speaking to her, he also lets out the gender of Don Gobain as well. And I was like, dude, you've let off three significant pieces of information to a mastermind. What mm-hmm. are you doing? What's going on right now? I see this
0: more as an agency problem because they should have just sent someone someone more experienced to deal with her. And they could have sent him too, but like someone to watch over his shoulder. That would have been a smart way to do it. She didn't dictate at all that he was the only one that she'd speak to or anything like that? No, nothing like that. Nothing like Jack
1: Reacher. (laughs) Uh, So what happens is Max is like, look, I will give you the document because Owen says, if you give me the documents, I can try and help you. Like mm-hmm. that. That's just a thing. So like a happen. blacklist type scenario. Right. And Max goes, they're in this storage locker. He drives over there, opens it up, sees the box that she was talking about with all the documents inside. Mm-hmm. And then two men with a gun come out. Where are they from? Were, think, you, were they watching the storage locker or were they watching him? I think that they were following him to the storage locker. Okay, And so what happens is, is this is when the show actually So they followed him probably from the prison
0: So anyone who visited her, they were going to, so she is already under like some other, who would this be? Another agency or a foreign government or what? Do we learn? I I felt like
1: they were just kind of criminals. Just 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 goons?
0: They they didn't really say, I don't think if I remember correctly. What happens is this is How funny would it be if they were just like dudes who like hung out around storage lockers and
1: whoever opened theirs up, like they would just approach them and steal stuff? (laughs) Like they were just robbers, you know? Well, what Owen decides to do is he decides to close the locker on them and um, they're like hey you realize that bullets are going to be able wait, to go on through them like in fr- like is he, stuck them. in the locker now yes he's stuck in the locker and All then right. he just decides to book it out of nowhere he tries to make it to their car he's if he's stuck inside the locker how does he escape the locker though? he opens it back up again so he just waits for a few seconds and then like they're not going to expect this the funny thing was was that like they were like you realize that bullet is going that bullets are going to go through metal right oh and, so they're still talking to him yes and then he was like oh shit. So he decides <laughs> to open up the locker yeah he runs to his car they stop him from getting into that actually they shoot his car a little bit in the airbags
0: pop doesn't out. sound like they're actually trying to kill him because they it sounds like they had the opportunity to and they kind of
1: just want the box that he has so he runs into this storage building where there are other storage units, but it's one of those things where when he's running around, the lights turn on. Uh, and yeah. the criminal's run in after him. It's and like they,
0: Guillermo del Toro's, uh, the first episode in that, where he's yeah, being chased 36. by a monster. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and here the criminals are able to uh, corner him, and they take the bag. And then, of course, what happens? But the criminal opens up the bag, and it's, at, it's laced with acid, and he gets him in his face. Oh, wow. So, so he just decides to open it right there as opposed to taking it home with him. Yeah, no, it was it was right at that moment. Cool. So that it gives Owen the opportunity to get the box, and he goes back over to where Max is. And Max, honestly, was probably the best character out of this whole entire show. She was played by Meredith Quill. That was uh, Chris Pratt's
0: uh, mom's character in the... Uh... Uh, guardians of the galaxy series
1: yeah because well her character here seemed like it was actually smart in terms of like a mastermind i was like yeah no this character is actually able to like draw some good conclusions down. she's able to manipulate people very well especially because
0: yeah uh, alexi holly who is the creator of the show also the showrunner of the show and the writer of the first episode he was work he worked on the following Um, that was like one of his oh oh the fall okay the 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 netflix show yeah the the kevin bacon one Mm -hmm. right and that one had a very like smart villain as well so i wonder if he took anything from that because he's also done other stuff like he's done a lot of police procedurals since then okay and we're going to talk about him in a second but go ahead
1: and owen is says sir look i'm not going to help you anymore i've been through like hell and back because she wants him to drop this bag at this location and he's like i'm not going to help you at all i'm leaving yeah he's basically working for her at this point it doesn't even sound like he's checked back with the cia much and and yeah she goes okay well i'm going to give you a parting gift um the handler that's been helping me his name is not bob and they should know what that means and that actually like puts a mystery into me i was like who could not bob possibly a good cliffhanger well it wasn't a cliffhanger because he goes back to the cia and he learns that not bob is the president Of the United States. The president of the United States. Do we learn who that is? Is that still Biden? (laughs) I don't think that we see him in this episode. Owen goes to Nile and he he basically, uh, he's about to sell out Max and tell him everything that's happened. But then he's like, you know what? I'm actually going to decide to try and help Max. So he doesn't sell her out. He calls her. He's like, there's one question that I have to ask. He calls her in prison. Like she just has a phone in prison. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And, and he's like, look, I have one question to ask you. Can I trust you? And then she's like, uh, when I when our interests align, you can otherwise no. And then he's like, all right, I agree to help you. And that's where it ends. All right. So overall, you would give the show a six out of 10. It actually does pass because at the beginning, I was just like, Oh, are we gonna have to deal with another smug protagonist that thinks that they know it all? And then it's like two in over their heads. And you do have to deal with some of those cliches. But actually, the show itself, once it really does introduce Find Max and finds it frame and even some of the action does come across as kind of intense it does pass Cool. I mean, the, it's gotten mixed reviews so far. The
0: Hollywood Reporter called it a Netflix filler. AV Club said cheap thrills. But Collider called it clever and credited the cast. Decider was very positive on it, said that Noah Centineo carried the show. And IGN was said it was a little overly complicated. So you got the good and the bad. Com- complicated, I would say, yeah. It's a little convoluted. Yeah. Um. But anything else about the plot you want to go into? Otherwise, I have three people that I want to kind of just jump in. No, into. go ahead. So we've got the face of the show, Noah Centineo who we've already talked about. You have creator Alexi Hawley and then the inspiration for the show, Adam Siralski, who is who he is he's not even mentioned in most uh, articles that I read, but he's actually got a huge story. Like his career alone is incredible. So Alexi Hawley, actually the twin brother of Noah Hawley, <laughs> Legion, Fargo, That's crazy, isn't it? Like that they both went into screenwriting. He started as a musician in New York City and kind of like Taylor Sheridan worked his way into screenwriting. But for the last like two decades, he's been on a lot of police procedurals, created the rookie, uh, uh, the rookie feds. Um, He was the showrunner on The Castle. So he's worked with Nathan Filling a lot. That'd be really funny if he made an appearance here. But uh, he also has his own production company called Perfect Man Pictures. So when he was tagged by Netflix to do this show, people were very very happy about it. They were they were optimistic. But the Adam Sorowski fellow, he's the one that I wanna concentrate on because he was part of the CIA in the 1990s. He was considered a, a a whiz kid, really smart. He was recruited early, but then he had to sue them for discrimination and wrongful firing when it came out that the top dogs in the uh, CIA had, among saying some borderline anti Semitic things about him, faked the results of a polygraph that he took, forced him to take two polygraphs but fake the results of one of them in order to get him kicked out of wow. there. They reported on this in on 60 Minutes in 2000, and what does he end up doing besides suing the uh, agency is that he became a journalist and joined 60 Minutes, <laughs> got nominated for a bunch of en- Emmys like right off the bat, won a Peabody, and then he went on to NBC where he won three more Emmys, or well, I think he was nominated at first, and now he actually won the Emmys in this one, three Emmys he won for coverage there. And then he became the editor of Vanity Fair, one of them, and uh, he started his own production company, P3 Media, which adapts his past reporting and his lone life experiences in the CIA and makes TV and movies and stuff. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. This guy's career is is stacked and he seems like he's very, very busy all the time. But the fact that he's connected to this show, I feel like it's more of a selling point that they're not really using to to promote it.
1: Well, I actually did feel like I was learning something while I was watching the show. So it did play. So it did play a part
0: that uh, Noah was able to talk. Oh, also, it's funny that his name is Noah Centennial and uh,
1: Alexi's brother is also Noah. You know? I, I should I should mention the fact also that Owen, midway through the episode, gets subpoenaed. But how does he get subpoenaed? And because why? Senator Smoot, again, was so mad at him for coming at him and being like, don't give up this classified information that he does decide to subpoena him. Yeah, but when you subpoena
0: someone, usually... Oh, did they do it like publicly or was it like someone walked up to him? and Someone gave him, walked up to him and gave him a letter. Didn't said, are you Owen, blah, blah, blah? Yeah. It, well, was it in a random place? It feels like that would I have been... I think it
1: was a, in his workplace.
0: Oh. It feels like that could have been a comic moment, you know, to really... Well, it was
1: supposed to be because it was like, gee, how is this guy <laughs> Like, Is you this before just or after you went saginas. to Yemen? I think it might have been afterwards. I'm not exactly sure. All so. right. Thanks for listening to the episode. We'll see
0: you on the next one. Hope you enjoyed this one.
1: Bye. Bye.